Keeping up with what your kids are up to in social media can be really hard until now. A new algorithm by a company called Bark in Atlanta, Georgia, has come up with a service for parents and families for $9 a month and $99 a year, either or. Uh, And for schools, this is free. You can sign up and it'll monitor 24 different accounts of your child's social media, as well as how they're communicating out in the world. I'm Chris the Cyber Guy, and please say hello to Chief Parent Officer of Bark, to Tanya Jordan. Hi, thank hey. you so much for having me. Thanks for coming to the loft here in New York. Um, you know, we chatted last week, and I was so impressed with what you're up to. Uh, this is an amazing breakthrough for parents, and we're talking about the biggest question I get from parents is, I just can't get my hands around what my kids are doing. I don't even know what they're doing. So how did you come up with this idea as a team? And then tell us about how it really works. Sure. So our CEO, Brian Basin, who's a dad of two, um, had sold his company to Twitter, was working at Twitter right here in New York City. And he saw that there really was no good way to keep his children safer online. He looked at the options in the market and he was like, no. And he is so brilliant and sought out to to make the best way for his family, for his two sons. And fast forward three years, here we are now, we're a team of 10, and we are using artificial intelligence and machine learning algorithms to not only flag keywords, but go beyond with conversational analysis and not just text, but pictures, emojis, GIFs, memes, audio, video, you know, teens and tweens are communicating in so many different ways across so many different platforms these days. And our technology will monitor it for the signs of cyberbullying, sexting, thoughts of suicide and depression, potential drug use, online predators, um, and, and acts of violence. And so we are looking for all of those problematic issues across all of the social media and texting and email that your children uh, are going to be engaging in because that's where they are right now. They're online. You know, earlier we were on TV with my colleague Ainsley and you said something that just got everybody's attention, but we didn't have time to really get into the details of it. I mean, what you said was that because of this company getting started and offering this that has saved 26 lives so far, explain that. Yes. So what we do is we'll alert when there's an issue. And so 26 different times we have alerted a parent to an issue regarding their child's suicidal thoughts or expressions. They wrote in to tell us specifically and directly, thank you, because of your alert, because of Bark's text or email, that they were able to get their child help and step in and intervene and and save their child's life because they had no idea there was an issue until our alert brought to their attention. I appreciate you digging into this, especially on the consumer side. And we'll talk about the business side coming up a little later. You're going to want to hear how uh, the path that Titania took earlier in life. And you're 28, right? I will not publicly disclose those numbers. (laughs) I I shouldn't have to leave her. But you've done so much so quickly in life. And I think people are going to be fascinated to find out the lessons that you learn, especially as a woman in technology leadership. Oh, yes. That is. That is coming up. And But first, let's just go on about, um, you know, I, I think about this and knowing the kind of questions I get as a cyber guy constantly from parents, they're going to ask me, well, my kid's not suicidal. Why would I want this? 
Great question, right? Nobody thinks that their child is going to be the bully or will be the victim of sexting or is suicidal. But if you take a look at the hard data from the CDC, rates of suicide and depression are skyrocketing amongst our youth. And it's directly tied to social media and the societal pressures that are placed upon these children that are fully immersed in everybody's best and brightest lives. You know, you go on Instagram, you don't see people and their zits and their fights and and their sad times. You only see the most perfectly filtered moments. Well, if I was 15 and that was all I was immersed in, I would be depressed too. I was already depressed when I was 15, much less that. So, so yeah, you don't think it's your child, but again, look at the data. And our data shows that, that the rates of children who are engaged in all kinds of problematic issues are beyond what a normal parent would think would be happening. Um, a key stat that, that continues to blow our minds is that 50% of the children who have accounts connected to the Bark app experience at least one issue per month. So, you know, half of the children. And what's that issue? What is it? Whether whether it's, it could be as mild as using the F word, you know, in communication, which I don't want my nine-year-old doing. 17, maybe not matter so much. Um, But then also like, I want to kill myself. Send me a nude photo. Um, A 45-year-old man is reaching out to your 12-year-old son to engage in, you know, behavior. I mean, it's, it's, it runs the gamut. So any sort of issues. Um, And then, 50% 50% of the time, so that, yeah, 50% of the time, uh, children are, are receiving uh, an issue, but 80% of the time, their parents have no idea there's a problem until our alert brought to their attention. But that's the whole thing with parents, is that even if they wanted to get their handle on what their kids are up to in social media, part of it has to do with, I don't want to intrude on my own child. I don't want to, I don't want my kid to think they're under my thumb constantly, mm-hmm. but the dangers that lurk out there are extraordinary and they're invisible to us otherwise. So I think you found what really does work is a great solution where I'm not up in my kid's face or in their grill all the time. <laughs> and, and so I don't need to know what they're doing. I can trust they're keeping their own privacy because this acts like a I think you use the analogy that is so fitting. Like, a, would you send your your kid out in a car without a seatbelt? No. Well, why wouldn't you? Why would you not have some form of of safety net in social media, given what's happening in the world today? And you know, we were talking as you were giving me background because I like to do these meet and greets, mm-hmm. and I invite people up here to the loft, and and I, I just find out that if we have a little bit of time, that's not. Uh, filtered with a publicist or a mm-hmm. corporate document that says, hey, here's our marketing message, right. that when you can really dig into people and find out who the rock stars are in technology that are making it happen, that's where you get the magic and you learn the details. And right. you hit upon something where I was like, oh, my God, you buried the lead. <laughs> and you laugh the same way at the same moment. So, and that was, you know, I, start, I started looking for, for the sake of, you know, my segment in the news, I started looking for, hey, what are some tech solutions that that could have addressed the MSD issue in yes. Florida at the school, you know, with with active shooters now as part of our lives. And I just, I remember just sit that the hands over the kids, um, you know, that hold their hands up as they exit the school. I'm just so it's so wrong that that is going on. And yeah. I'm just trying to think like, what do we have? in my beat, in my technology arena that I might be able to find that could address some form of this, and bam, 
Bark was able to, you said, in two or three instances, and one in Pittsburgh in particular, identify a threat message uh, on, on at a school. Tell us what happened there. Yeah, so we are able and have been able to detect school shooting threats that are expressed digitally. And uh, with a specific incident in Pennsylvania, there was a threat scribbled on the bathroom wall. Uh, a child took a Snapchat of it, and even though it wasn't actual text that was typed, we were able to decipher what that message said in that photo, and it alerted the parent of the child about 1 a.m., and that parent reached out to the school immediately. The school shut down. And, um, yeah, if more of that can be happening, I think less of Parkland could be happening. And what's great is already 600 schools in the U.S. are using BART. Mm -hmm. And so you pointed out something that I knew but I didn't think about, which was schools issue devices now. Yes. And then parents, of course, issue devices mm -hmm. to their kids or their kids have their own stuff. Mm -hmm. So with a school having... Bark for free. Mm -hmm. You got the school device covered, and then with the parent being able to subscribe to this, it's it's at nine bucks a month per kid, or is it per for the, family? So I could have a smattering of children. You could have twenty children. Oh wow! And that for nine dollars. <laughs> for nine dollars, a whole new incentive to yeah. have babies. Um, <laughs> so, the, but it, it makes sense. It really does make sense to be able to to comb comb through that. How you know? I'm sure it's a constant changing environment with the algorithm that you're using. And yes. that's got to also be your secret sauce, that and also getting penetration in the market before other monitoring services. So how do you manage the algorithm? How do you keep it current? How do you keep, I mean, there's no perfect anything in technology. So no. there's got to be stuff that slips through. How do you address all of that? Yeah, so nothing is 100% and we never claim to be. In fact, even our, our tagline is, we don't keep children safe online. We keep children safer online because there's always a loophole, unfortunately. But the cool thing about machine learning and, and data labeling and AI is that it gets smarter with each use. So the more and more data we are processing, the smarter and smarter our algorithms get. And what we do uh, on a daily basis is we will randomly flag a few things for human review. So there isn't a team of people just sitting around looking at every single data point because, you know, child privacy laws, et cetera, um, plus just at scale, that wouldn't work. Um, but what we do is we, you know, gather a few bits of data and uh, we make sure that we are assigning, you know, the different severity levels. For example, you know, a child using the F word would be severity level one, whereas a real suicide threat would be a level four. Um, and so, yeah, we're constantly iterating on that. We've got an amazing data science team and our engineering team and we go, I am not a data scientist. I am not a specialist in machine learning, but the time that I get to spend with those parts of our team is just fascinating. I'm Kurt the Cyber Guy, and you're listening to, uh, to Tanya Jordan of Bark, based in Atlanta. She's a chief parenting officer there. We have some questions coming in from social media, and I'm looking at one from Lake Worth, Florida, and a lovely Susan asking this question: um, How do you get your kids to buy into being monitored? Oh my gosh, Susan, I love, love, love that question for a few reasons. One is there's an epidemic amongst parents these days, myself included, and that A, we're too helicopter, which Bark addresses and I can talk to you about in a minute, but B, we're not parenting. Like, who pays for the device? Who pays for the plan? You're the parent. 
It's okay for you to ask for the passwords and usernames. That's your job is to keep your children safe and that expands into digital parenting. So that's the first thing is don't be afraid to ask for the information because you're the parent. So that said, we also don't subscribe to being helicopter parents. Again, totally guilty of being one many times. And that we're not trying to give children, we're not trying to give parents every single data point that's going in and out of, of their device because we liken it to a diary. We don't advocate for reading your child's diary, but if your child is communicating with you know an adult when they're a child in an inappropriate way, they're expressing thoughts of suicide and depression, they're using drugs, you as a parent need to know. You can't play the, oh, I don't want to invade your privacy card. That's your job. You're their parent. And honestly, any child will probably not argue with that, you know, against the safety measure. I'm going to give you the keys to the car, Johnny, but you need to wear your seatbelt. They can't argue with that. I'm going to let you go to the beach with your friends by yourself. Please wear some sunscreen. Same thing with Bark. If you want more information, go to their website. It's bark.us online. There's also a Bark app available uh, in Google Play for Android and also in the App Store for iOS, whether you have an iPhone or an iPad, but it's an iPhone-based app. Um, thank you for talking about the consumer side. Now, I want to dig in to, to Tanya Jordan, <laughs> the tech executive. Yes. Um, you're so impressive when... You know, I, I I didn't know what I was going to hear coming out of your mouth when we met first. And <laughs> no like, one ever does. I'm like, damn, we got a firecracker in front of <laughs> us, you know. And so, you know, already you have your scars and bruises um, in, in raising money for your first startup. Mm-hmm. Um, but help me if, if, if somebody's tuned in right now and they're thinking, you know, it's a man's world, number one technology. Mm-hmm. Sure, there's a lot of success stories we can come through, but man, we have to go hunt them down right. for what women are doing. Um, you know, I remember Meg Whitman, who was at eBay at the time, and I said, you know, you're like the only woman CEO up in this top tier right now. And she said, I know. And I said, well, do you miss your days at Mattel? And she said, well, let me ask you something, Kurt. Do you want to be involved in a business with a growth rate of like 4% a year? Or do you want to be in the one that's going to be like 400%? And I said, I get it. She goes, this is exciting. And it's exciting for women. And it's exciting just in business. She goes, I don't think of myself in my gender. I just think what is going to move fast and that I want to be a part of. So that's what turned her on was was the sheer influence of that industry at the time when she hopped into eBay. Um, for you, what what first got you started in this direction? And then help me if I'm somebody who wants to, oh, I have my own dreams. Right. And I'm young. Not me, but you know. <laughs> You are. <laughs> um, what first got you going? So I, I've always been interested in learning how things work. And you met my dad. My dad, uh, just it, it, the sky's the limit with him. And um, he he would always buy me the latest technology. But it was on the premise of I needed to learn how to use it so I could teach him. <laughs> so, you know, he got the first Windows computer, but I had to read through the booklet and teach him how to use it because he didn't have time for that. And so it was really in the early years just the process of investigating and learning. You know, I wasn't allowed to watch TV, didn't have a lot of friends. So I kind of, that's what I did. You, you know? grew up, you were not allowed to ever no, watch TV? No, I really? wasn't. No, Why? I mean, I could sneak a little at my friends' houses and stuff, but it just, you know, there were too many books to read. Okay. <laughs> Kurt, come on. <laughs> You get 
talk to him after, get the scoop from him. No, but I was definitely sheltered. Uh, but it's fine, and I'm thankful for it because I got to learn a lot and figure out how to problem solve. Um, that said, once I hit eighth grade and started to come into my womanhood, and boys finally started to pay attention to me, because again, before I was the biggest loser ever, uh, I shifted in my focus from being the smartest girl in math and science in my school to caring more about who's going to call me at night. Um, and to my detriment, I started to lag behind in those fields because they didn't seem to be cool. You know, I wanted to be popular. I wanted to have a boyfriend. I wanted to be invited to the parties. If I was, you know, hanging out with the NASA people, that wasn't going to happen. Fortunately, I wised up uh, in my later years and realized. Later years being how old? Um, late 20s, okay. late 20s, um, that that's where the opportunity was. Just like Meg said, who I absolutely adore, same with Cheryl Sandberg, there's an opportunity here. You know, if I'm just another Caucasian man uh, from a well-to-do family that can rally some of his trust fund buddies to like invest an idea, that's nothing new. You've got to cut through the clutter. And there aren't a lot of women in this business. And so... I, I don't really look at it from a gender perspective, but I look at it from an opportunity perspective. If there is technology out there that can be used to solve problems and you can solve a very valuable problem for enough people, there's a business there. And whether you want to make a million dollars a year or a hundred million dollars a year or even a hundred thousand a year, that opportunity is there. You don't have to worry about manufacturing and, and all these things with hard goods. Technology is such a liberator and an equalizer. And so that's why I also pour into young women, you know, especially in the nine to 13 year old range before they get jaded by all kinds of things. I want them to embrace science and technology and math and engineering. Those are cool fields. Those are very cool fields. And not only that, but as somebody who didn't specialize in those fields, I'm an artist, I'm a creative, I'm a communicator, and I can still be involved in technology. That was one of the most liberating things with my first startup is that I was talking with an engineer and he was like, well, we got to design some wireframes. And I'm like, what are wireframes? And he explained it to me. And I was like, look, I don't know Photoshop, but I've got some markers and some paper, and I'm going to draw this out, and we need to get a graphic designer to make this. And you know what? He did. And the day I saw that live in the app store, I cried because I just used my markers, you know? And so any, anything is possible. Pursue your passions, and with technology, it just it, it's exponential. I what, what I find is people like you um, often can they get – they get they hit the bumps from the engineering side because they don't have an engineering background. And it's like, you need to know code and you need the da 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 and you need the wireframes. And the ones that really rise past all of that are the ones who either learn the code and they say, Okay, I know it now. Speak let's speak the same language. Right. Or they say, No, that's your skill set. What I'm doing is driving this train this way and we're we're going this way and come with me. Absolutely. Help me understand what you're doing. So it sounds like you got a little of both going on there. Definitely. And another thing I noticed, too, is there were a lot of uh, older white men. I have nothing against older white men, by the way. I love them. But there were a lot of older white men sitting in boardrooms trying to launch apps and just properties to target me, to target women like me and my age range and demographic and lifestyle group. How in the world are they going to know how to target me if there isn't one of me in there with them? And that's exactly how I pitched myself and, and my services and my assets to them. I'm like, you don't know how to target me. I know how to target me. Let me help you with that. So it's kind of an overrated. When was that? 
uh, late 20s, you know, okay. yeah. And, and were you raising money? What were you doing? Raising money, figuring out messaging. Are we going to be B2B? Are we going to be B2C? What sort of features do women want? Um, how are you going to talk to them? And, and don't talk at them. Talk with them. Engage them. Utilize social media. Build community. Utilize influencers that they look up to. You know, there, there were a lot of things even in the early days. Uh, it's not an app for moms. It's an app for parents. You know what I mean? Like, let's be inclusive. Dads are parents, too. There's a lot of single dads out there. Just little nuances that can really go a long way. Tanya Jordan from uh, BARC, she's the chief parenting officer there. Uh, this is your, what, third or fourth? Fourth. Fourth. Fourth startup. Startup you're working with. We're up on the 44th floor here in the loft overlooking beautiful midtown Manhattan. We took your father over on the other side of the room as oh the uh, Statue of Liberty. It's a gorgeous. Of that, right? Um, um, we're, we're also jumping into the equity side of, mm-hmm. you know, for anybody who's got a really good idea, you've attracted a good team and you also need to raise money. Yes. Because those trust funder kids... They've got their way. But for the rest of us, you need to knock on the doors. Right. You have some cuts and bruises. So let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about for somebody who's getting started, mm-hmm. what's the biggest lesson you've learned so far? Wow. Don't give up too much equity. If you have a really good idea, there's so many ways that you can scale it without selling your soul, for lack of a better term for the promise of what really might not pan out to be so good for you. Um, now there are crowdfunding initiatives. You know, you can, you can crowdfund your idea to get you to that Series A. You don't, you don't need to take investor money uh, right off the bat before you've even proven your concept. You know, if you have an idea, do whatever you can. Scrape together whatever you can to make that live. Get that first iteration, that V1, that wireframe. You don't have to have a $100,000 MVP, that's minimum viable product, um, because chances are you're going to change it and you're going to iterate. And that's a heck of a lot of money to lose. So get, get your concept out there. And all you need are 100 major mega fans. If you can resonate with 100 people and they are your uber fans, so the people that will cheer you on, they'll like your post, they'll give you honest feedback, then you know you're onto something. And you reach out to them because if those 100 people tell three people, well, there you go. And then those three people tell nine people, and that's viral growth. That's organic growth. And you can't compete with that. There's no marketing budget in the world that can compete with word of mouth viral growth. So, and when you are onto something, those VC people will start to circle just like sharks. Not necessarily a bad thing, but they'll, they'll sniff it out like blood, right? How do you sniff out bad, a bad deal when you're, you want? You want to grow so badly mm-hmm. when you get started. Mm-hmm. You want your dream to take off. Mm-hmm. I know you felt burnt from one of the deals yes. where you just it was really one-sided at the end of the day, and it took a bit to, to realize Ooh. it. Ooh. How, how do I see that before I make the same mistake? Well, a lot of the incubators around the country actually offer free legal and business advice to people who are just starting out and can't afford it. For example... I should have utilized the help that the Atlanta Tech Village offered me. You know, they're the fourth largest tech hub in the United States, and they have free office hours um, for their villagers. Uh, Not only that, but, you know, SBA.gov, look at your local small business association, especially if you are a woman or a minority. There are so many resources out there for you to just help fact check and see if this deal that you're being offered is really, really the right thing for you. And I don't want to sound jaded because I am a super optimistic person. 
But be aware, there are wolves in sheep's clothing. There just are. It's unfortunate, but always be on your guard and think, what's in it for them? Because chances are there's something in it for them. It's not necessarily a bad thing. If investor invests in you, it's okay for them to get a portion of equity or revenue. But how much is fair? And what's in it for them? And, and what should be in it for you? And I unfortunately uh, was not wise to that at one point in my life. And it hurt real bad. But you know what? That's the startup life. It's the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows. But thankfully, they come and go. How'd you pick yourself back up? Woo! <laughs> Well, uh, it took some time, and I, uh, I definitely was hitting the rum a little bit. <laughs> Not gonna lie, that was that was a really painful time. Um, but ultimately, some beautiful, beautiful souls came out of the woodwork to pour into me. And, and tell me I'm not a failure. And failure is not necessarily a bad thing. If you fail fast and pivot, you learn from your failures. Um, they, they helped me to see what my strengths were, that I had so much more to offer the world uh, beyond that. Uh, and ultimately, Brian and Brandon, the team at Bark, said, wait a minute, you're on the market? Like, please join our startup. And, and I was like, absolutely. I could not think of a better way to to contribute to the world through technology than to help keep children safer online. So how, it was a godsend. How, how did you hook up with Brian and his team at that point? Did you already work with them? So Brian and I had been talking uh, because my previous startup was a anonymous platform for women. Uh, and so we wanted to manage trolls and, and people being mean to each other and using inappropriate language. And so the Bark data labeling and the training of the algorithms that they were working on was was perfect for that platform. So we were talking about how to integrate that. And so we had already had multiple conversations. And um, again, when when he heard that I was trying to figure out what to do with my life, (laughs) he snatched me up. (laughs) And I'm so thankful. I am so thankful. So far, 100,000 families in in the U.S. using Bark, uh, which is an algorithm-based technology downloaded as an app that parents use with their kids, uh, monitoring 24 different social networks and their email and texts and probably something else I'm missing. And and, um, it's $9 a month, and then it's also uh, $99 a year. You you pick whichever one you like. For schools, it's free already, 600 schools in the country using it. Uh, What's the goal with BART? I mean, where where do you draw success? If I'm I'm an investor now Mm -hmm. listening to this, Mm -hmm. um, what's what's the... Game plan? Great question. So, first of all, there are so many more families in the U.S. that need to be using our platform. Every child, it seems like, before they can even walk, has a device. So, if you're giving your child a device that can access the internet and the internet can access them, there needs to be some sort of tool or protection. Our hope is that you will use Bark in conjunction with a screen time management platform, et cetera. So it's scale. It's scale to the consumers. It's also scale to schools. Right now, you know, it's it's free for schools. Every school needs it. There, there is no excuse. If you are a school that has a Chromebook issuing system and your children are using Gmail, G Suite collaboration, you need Bark. It, I, I can see the demand, but let's let's take it back to the to the numbers. Um, what is the market upside of this? Right? Where do, what's the potential? I can see there'd be a huge amount of uh, potential for it, but mm-hmm. how do you put a number to it? Gosh, that's a great question. Um, and what's the goal? Is it a million people in next year? Is it a growth rate? Yeah, I mean, something? we want a 10x. So 
if if we're at a hundred thousand and we're we've surpassed that, you know, yeah, it's a million by the end of the year for sure. Because it's not just parents and schools; it's employee benefits. Um, you know, if you're offering, you know, dog grooming to your employees, shouldn't you be offering this for children? <laughs> and then health insurance too. If we can help to bring down the the rates of suicide and depression, you know, there's a mental health epidemic. We could possibly help to improve that. So there's a health insurance angle, et cetera. Great. What do you get asked the most of from other um, colleagues and also other dreamers who have an idea and they, they want to head down the path you've been on? Um, people are very interested in press. How do you get press? And I tell them that you, you have to have a compelling story. You know, there, there are so many outlets and they all have to tell a story every day. So you tell them what you're doing. And if it strikes a chord and you, are, you present yourself well, you'll ultimately get picked up. Um, so the press is one thing. A lot of people ask how I, how I do it all. And I don't, it's kind of a weird question because I don't do it all. I mean, if you could see my email email, They're inbox, trying to be flattering to you, aren't they? When they I, say maybe, like maybe they want something. I don't yeah. know. But like, you know, I'm a mom and I've got to work out and they don't run a business and all the other things. But I just have to give myself grace. You know, I just, I can't respond to every tweet and I, you know, I got to go to bed and like, you got to take care of yourself. Um, so when do you turn it off? When do you turn off technology? Where's your balance? Well, I struggle with anxiety. So I've actually had to recently give up coffee because just the heart was racing because I was just trying to fuel and do one more thing and one more project and one more email and I had to stop. Because when, you, when your heart starts pounding, <laughs> you're like, that's probably not good. <laughs> so, yeah, knowing your body, knowing your limits. Um, I, I, during the rum phase, <laughs> I also wasn't working out, and I could see the scale start to climb. So I recently, you know, embarked on Whole30, and I, I make myself work out no matter how I'm feeling. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, just three days a week, I hit the gym. And it, I knew you'd bring up Whole30, though. <laughs> you can't skim over like that. <laughs> Only that we, we uh, I told you that my husband and I, we started at the end of January, yeah. uh, earlier in the year, we, we started a diet that is called the 17-day diet, which is similar, it uh-huh. sounds. Tell me what Whole30 is. Whole30 has changed my life. I was addicted to sugar. Like, I was, a, I was a sugar junkie, and I didn't even realize it, but I'm owning it now. And cutting out the sugar has helped not only my weight, but my mood, my clarity, um, uh, my emotions. It's probably helped my anxiety and depression as well. Um, so, yeah, sugar's bad. It's bad, bad, bad. And once you cut out the crap sugar, you know, like the nerds and the Jolly Ranchers, et cetera, I hope they're not a sponsor. Uh, love you if you are. Um, but when you eat, you know, a raspberry, that's even better than a sweet tart. And it's pure and it has vitamins and it just, you do taste the food and it's so good. What's but only your lips? after that, you know, it's a pain in the, it's such a pain in the right rear end to stop with the refined sugar because oh, the so headaches hard. set in. But oh. you're right. It's like a strawberry becomes like this amazing chocolate chip cookie suddenly. It's amazing. I want to believe all of that. <laughs> I've, I've been believing it. It's just, it's uh, it's tough. You have to sell it to yourself constantly. Yeah. Oh, um, but, but you're doing great with that. Um, I know also there have been some parents that have continued to listen, even though we're talking about the business side of your life. Um, I want to give them, uh, we're, we're going to go through and I'll quiz you five of the, of the like teen vernacular that's being used in social media. And let's see if you still remember what the answers are, because it's constantly changing. Okay. But first, um, I, I wanted to stay on the business side and say to you, all right, give me your elevator pitch. Let's say you and Brian, your CEO, are in... You're, you're heading towards Series A funding. Mm-hmm. So 
you've got some more serious players right. in, in, in audience. Give me the pitch for Bark. Bark is technology that keeps children safer online across 25 social media platforms, email, and text messaging. And what we do is we use artificial intelligence to alert parents and schools to signs of cyberbullying, sexting, thoughts of suicide and depression, potential drug use, and online grooming. And then, once we alert parents via text or email, we give them best recommended next steps for how to address the issue, because this is the first generation of parents that have ever had a digital parent in the history of humans. I love it. How much money do you, do you want right now? Well, Kurt, thank you so much for asking. We will take $10 million, and we will change the world. <laughs> And when am I getting my return? And what is it? You will get a 10x return. Okay. And we can talk more offline. <laughs> All right, good enough. Uh, Tatana Jordan from Bark, Chief Parenting Officer there, joining us here up on the 44th floor in the loft space. High above Midtown Manhattan. Your dad's with you on this trip. You came up from Atlanta for us. I appreciate it. Um, and now we hit the quiz. If I can find my notes, there they are. So um, you you really taught me when we first got together, like, I had no idea this. I mean, I knew there was this kind of stuff going on, but I never knew this slang existed. So when I hear or I'm a parent and I see KMS or KYS, what is that? Uh, that stands for kill myself or kill yourself. And again, it could be a joke, wow. right? If you trip in front of the boy you like or girl you like and you're embarrassed, you might text that because, yeah, it's totally embarrassing. You're not actually going to take your life. But if your child teen or tween sends that out and you know that they're struggling, um, that's when you need to pay attention. Okay. Shading. Shading, yeah. So you may have heard to throw shade at somebody, which is a more overt way of just not being very nice or excluding them. Well, shading is a more passive-aggressive way of excluding somebody, uh, and nobody needs to be a part of that. Finsta. Finsta. So... Um, you may know your teen or tween's main Instagram account, but you probably don't know about their Finsta. That's their either fake Instagram account or their real one that you don't know about. All right. How do I know as a parent? Like, how do I figure it out? Well, you sign up for Bark. Okay. I'll let you know. <laughs> All right. uh, hey, let's Netflix and chill. Yeah. I don't think your or my significant other would appreciate that because that means for us to hook up. <laughs> okay. Well, we could say that to our other half. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then dabbing, we've seen it on TV where people do the funny dancey move. What else does it mean? Well, it's actually a concentrated form of cannabis. So it's like if, you're, if your kids are going to meet up and go dab, like maybe they're not going to dance. Maybe they're going to get stoned. And so you should probably know about that. Awesome. Tanya Jordan from Bark, thanks so much for coming in to Manhattan. Hanging out in the loft with us. Uh, wish you a safe journey back. Um, keep up with us. I want to know where you're, where you're going to be in the next year, the next three, the next five. I think you're a remarkable human being. I like that you're you're such a go-getter. And just being in your presence is inspiring. And I see you inspire other people around you. So thanks for joining us today. And uh, take care of yourself. Thank you so much, Kurt. It's an honor. Oh, please. It's an honor. <laughs> it is. Oh, you're going to make me cry. Oh, come, on. come on. With this makeup? Uh, you can hook up. It's Kirk to the Cyber Guy. You can hook up in social media with me on Instagram. It's at Kirk the Cyber Guy. Twitter is at Cyber Guy. Facebook is Cyber Guy Official. It'd be so cool if we could just make those all one word, right? Maybe it's a time we'll work on that one. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Say bye to Tanya. Bye to Tanya. Cyber Guy.